0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Blooming podcast. I'm your host, Mariah, not sitting here, virtually across from my co-host, who is sitting next to our <laughs> fabulous guest today, which is so weird because I feel like I'm being interviewed. So You are. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. But it's not about me. It's about our amazing guests. Daniela, do you want to introduce who you're sitting next to?
1: Yes, so I'm sitting next to Erica Bogdan. Um, we've we met like what, like in May? S- in May, so like about like six months ago. I don't know. Numbers are not my forte. Yeah, about six, seven months. Six, ago. Six, seven months ago, and we fell in love. No, I'm kidding. We did. <laughs> Kinda. Right, we're away. now dating. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Daniela's in New York. <laughs> I'm just dating Erica. <laughs> <laughs> so um we met about like 6 months ago and we've become friends since working together and Erica as it happens as it happens and Erica is just the most brilliant human being and we thought that she was the best guest that we could bring on to close out 2023 because Erica you just have such a beautiful story essence and way of framing things like I don't know I just just I'm very excited for this episode. One oh would God. say she's extremely bright. <laughs> <Yeah. Aww. laughs> yes. She is the founder of Bright Siding. This incredible… I want to call it like platform. Like… Yeah.
2: Platform.
1: Lifestyle.
2: Mm-hmm. We'll get into the origin story but yeah. platform for lack of a better term.
1: Yeah. Like she has this incredible newsletter that I love reading called The Bright Side and she also leads these incredible like corporate talks where people learn how to like apply positivity in their everyday life. But we will get more into that. And Erica will actually give you the correct elevator pitch. Yes, 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 yes. So now that we're here… Well, I (laughs) got to meet Erica.
0: So you guys are in New York. And I got to meet Erica like my last day that I was there. your last day. We squeezed in a branding photo shoot for you. And we did it in like an hour or two. I think it was like two, two and a half hours. I don't know. We just like bopped around and made some magic together. It was so much fun. And I'm so happy I got to meet you. And I feel like this is the beginning of all of us just continuing to create cool shit together.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I joke that you two are my bright side and creative directors because obviously I met Daniela as a design client and... It's funny because Daniela is the only designer that I talked to and immediately I was just like, this is such a full body yes to work (sighs) with you. And I feel like… For such a huge project and for such a huge like branding redesign. Like I did very little research, but that's just a testament to like (laughs) our soul connection and and just like trusting your gut when you know you meet someone Mm. that you vibe with. And Mm -hmm. then you introduced me to Mariah when I was like, okay, we just built this beautiful website and now I need new photography. And it all just worked out so yeah seamlessly, and that's really beautiful. So I'm honored to be here and I'm so grateful to have found creative collaborations in both of you and friendship. So really special for me too.
0: Thank you. That is just our goal in life is to create stuff with people we truly just vibe with, get along with, share the same values. It makes it so much less transactional and becomes this like a beautiful little orbit of Mm -hmm. co-creation and we're just like spreading the abundance and the prosperity yeah. like in this little orbit, and I love that me too,
1: yeah, in the end, I think that like my end goal has always been to build like a beautiful community, yeah, like I'm here for the vibes, I mean, and obviously, I love the projects, <laughs> but like but like the people that I have met through work are just incredible, like it's been such a beautiful thing, and I'm so happy to have met you this year, I like know. me too. <sighs> So anyway, enough like of said.
0: Yeah, we need to know the journey of Erica. Yes. What led you or your whole life story in yeah. three minutes?
1: <laughs> who was okay. who was your elementary school crush and why? Um <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, what how trauma
0: led you to bright side?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are we've been crushing
2: for so many years, but we won't disclose any crushes today. Okay. okay we could, bye. but we won't. Um, but yeah, so I I'll give you the very high level overview of like life story and mm-hmm. then I'll get into specifically like the bright side and what inspired that. But I was born and raised in New England, so very, very rural town in Connecticut, literally population 8,000. It's a very small town. I feel like when people hear Connecticut, especially from the New York area, they instantly assume like Westport or Fairfield County are these commuting towns Mm -hmm. right outside of New York. And I can count on one hand the amount of times I like went to New York as a kid. So I was very distant from the city, very much in the country. And I grew up, I think with like, a really natural affinity for, like, recognizing beauty. Like, I grew up in really beautiful nature, and I think that instilled a lot of, like, wonder in me. And I was a kid with a very active imagination and someone who was always described as, like, a very positive, bubbly, like, bright girl. That's kind of, like, my background and where I grew up. I went to boarding school in Indiana when I was 14, And that was like the first real big like adventure of my life. And because I grew up in such a small town, I was really eager to, I was really eager to leave and I was really eager to expand my world at that age. And that was an amazing, amazing chapter of my life where I got to meet so many beautiful people from all over the world. And it was just a really special high school experience. And then I came back to the East Coast kind of for college. And I went to school in the Hudson Valley and I studied business and marketing. That set me on a pretty immediate track to New York after college. Um, Because I went to school in the Hudson Valley, that was the first time I really had access to New York. I could hop on the Metro North and get into the city Mm -hmm. really easily. And I quickly found myself just really gravitating towards the city. And because I um, I was an RA and I was on the crew team in college, so I had a very like, regimented and busy life up until like literally the last day of college. So anytime I had a break, I loved coming to New York because it was just so free. And like, I loved the chaos of it. I loved the like energy here. And I knew in my bones, like, this is where I wanted to be for like kicking off my career. And I landed at an advertising agency right after college, um, was there for two and a half years. And then in 2018, made the shift to working at Google. And that is when things get really interesting. And that's mm-hmm. when I started The Bright Side, which I'm happy to share more about. But that's mm-hmm. like the high-level overview of my little winding road, at least, to to New York. And The Bright Side was all about kind of reconnecting to my roots and finding that natural affinity for wonder again, because I definitely lost that. Um, I lost that, you know, as we do when we're, mm-hmm. when we're growing up. And
0: yeah, so getting the, job. So mm-hmm, getting the yeah.
2: job and just focusing on like starting your life and... The bright side has been all about like reconnecting to that.
1: But was there something specific that made you like want? I know that there's like for me, it was like a huge breakup that like really like pushed me into reconnecting to like my own like spirituality and like my own essence and rediscovering who I was. Like that was there like a pivotal moment of like, I can't do this anymore. I need to find like something else.
2: Yes, absolutely. And it wasn't a breakup although breakups have definitely informed (laughs) my, my approach to my creativity in the past. But it was actually after crashing and burning after a really, really hard first year at Google. When I started at Google, I was so excited to get that job. I wasn't pursuing Google as a destination for my career, but I was at the time when that opportunity fell into my lap, a recruiter had reached out to me I was actively looking for other jobs. I was looking to leave the agency I was at. And when I even got the opportunity to interview at Google, I was like, even if I don't get this job, just the fact that I am even interviewing is like such a huge deal for me. And one thing led to another. I got the job. I started in September of 2018. I remember what I was wearing when I showed up. I was wearing like bright yellow Levi's. I was just the picture of like school spirit and just (laughs) so thrilled to be there. And orientation was an absolute dream. And then shit got real when I actually had to start my job on my team. And I was so riddled with imposter syndrome. Like, I was so excited to be there, but that was so at odds with my actual experience there. And I landed on a team of, of, I landed on a very mature team that, was just so—they were already so established in their careers, and there wasn't a lot of infrastructure around, like, onboarding a Mm 24-year-old. And the energy on my team was not very oriented towards, like, mentorship or, like, structured onboarding. So I really was
0: thrown into the fire. And— Which is so surprising for such a big company.
2: Yeah, it is. It is. Like, it has a really well-structured, like— Nugular orientation program and like that is super structured. Mm -hmm. But then when you get to your actual individual teams, it's on a very case-by-case basis, your onboarding experience. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. this is all to say, um, my first year was just so hard. Like within a month, like long gone was the girl who showed up in those bright yellow jeans. I was just like, I just wanted to be so small. I didn't want to be seen. I was so afraid of making mistakes and I was making mistakes. And I was really afraid of asking for help and I was just like riddled with anxiety and about a year into my experience at Google like things I started to like find my stride in my actual job more but I was just like so disconnected from myself and so unhappy and like I was dressing in like all beige and I was just like I'm like not good. (laughs) And around that time, um, a close friend of mine like really encouraged me to get into therapy. I started therapy and then I I started therapy and then I took a trip to Amsterdam as one does. Like (laughs) I was just kind of like feeling really burnt out. It was around Thanksgiving. Within like two days, I booked a trip to go see a friend that was living there. And while I was there, I listened to a podcast about a woman who had recently started a newsletter. And this was like post- advent of, like, blogging. Like, blogging had such a moment. It was the moment where, like, blogging had transitioned into, like, traditional Instagram influencers. Mm. This is 2018, so, like, or 2019 when I'm starting my newsletter and listening to this podcast and, like, having this moment in Amsterdam. But it was the first time I had heard of someone, like, using a newsletter or, like, an email platform as, like, a blog or as, like, a personal kind of storytelling platform. This is, like, pre-substack blowing up. And I got back from that trip and I was like, I, lo- I was so inspired by that. The woman who, who, the woman whose newsletter I'm talking about, her name is Molly Chen. She still runs her newsletter and it's, it's wonderful. But I got back from that trip. It's December of 2019 now. And I was just like, I, I want to do that. I want to start a newsletter. And I thought that that would be a really good way to reconnect with myself and kind mm-hmm. of fill that void of like needing a creative outlet and like really wanted to get back to myself. So I sat down and I wrote the first Bright Side and I sent it out to 12 of my friends. And I was like, I don't really know what this is, but this is what I'm listening to right now. This is what's on my mind. And I love you guys. And that, <laughs> and that kind of just like felt really fun and it felt really different in terms of like having a different way to write and a different way to connect. So the short short answer to your question, Daniela, is like I really had lost touch with myself and was feeling so unhappy in my job Mm. and I needed a way to get back to me. And so I started writing and emailing my friends (laughs) and it's grown into this huge thing. So
0: Mm, yeah. I didn't know that. I know. I didn't either. And I think it's so interesting because we tend to have these corporate jobs where... You're learning so much on how to be what they want you to be, and you can lose your voice and sense of self through that process because that's how you're spending most of your days and most of your life. And in your early 20s, you're still trying to figure out who you are to find yourself. Like, do I even know what my voice sounds like? You're like trying to figure out who you are apart from your childhood friends and your upbringing, And then you're thrown into this corporate environment and it's like a whole new conditioning. And so trying to figure out who you are apart from all of that in the middle of a new environment is really hard. And so I think a lot of people can relate to that in your story. And it's just so beautiful that you were able to reclaim your voice by tapping into your creativity and connecting you back to your roots. So I think it's just an incredible, incredible story. And now with Bright Sighting, it's turned into so much more. So it started as a newsletter and it's quickly turning into something that probably you didn't expect, but can you share more about like the evolution and kind of like where you're growing with that and how you're merging like your corporate experience with that?
2: Yeah. And I love talking about this. So thank you for asking that question. I knew when I sent the first one out, like, I don't know if either of you can relate to this, but I knew in my bones, like, this is going to be important and this is going to be something big. And that was a really cool feeling. And even though I kind of had this inclination that like, this was going to grow into something, I could never have expected that where I am today is where it would land. And to answer your question, Mariah, I, so I started this in December of 2019 the pandemic happens in March, 2020. All of a sudden I had a lot of time on my hands as we all did. And I really channeled that into getting really clear on like what the bright side was to me. And it was a really hard time, obviously for everyone. And knowing that I was like, what is the bright side in such a challenging global moment? And I Really did not want to be another just like girl screaming into the void mm-hmm. saying, like, put a silver lining on it because I, it, what we were going through was so profound and so intense and like it needed so much more. It needed to, like, the bright side needed to hold space for so much more nuance than like just thinking positive and like getting over something quickly, I guess. So I used 2020 to get like really specific about what like my mission was. And ultimately my mission became like, how do you hold space for the hard stuff while choosing joy and like while choosing optimism? Um, I'm a really naturally optimistic person and I'm someone who feels things very intensely. So it was really, really important for me to like integrate those two experiences and like learn how to hold space for like, very complex things happening in the news, very complex things happening in my personal life and still write and like share something with ultimately like an undertone of hope and optimism. Mm. So that was like 2020, 2021 comes around. And by this point, I've done like some lightweight branding. My friend Sam had helped me create a logo. I created a website and that was all, that all like felt good. And I was growing my, following a little bit. And then I ended a relationship and had a very kind of like chaotic breakup uh, that I, ch- I like chose to leave a relationship within like a week. And I was living with this person and it, I just basically turned my world upside down. <laughs> and as one does, <laughs> as one does in June of 2021. And i all of a sudden find myself in my childhood bedroom, working from my mom's house and just ask, like, I was like, what is my life? And I was bored at work one day, like scrolling. You know, when you like are bored at work and you're scrolling through emails that like actually mean nothing. It's like, this is the culture news this month or whatever. (laughs) And I found a call for submissions to Google's mental health conference in one of those dumb emails. I was like, oh, I could do, I could like run a workshop based on the bright side. Like I should create something. Like I could do that. So I submitted a proposal for like, a workshop. I got in. I was shocked. I was like, oh my God. Okay. Now I actually have to make this workshop. Um, I designed a workshop that is all about like mindset and positive thinking and like really centered on what I talk about as non-toxic positivity. And at the time, like all of the teams at Google were having such a hard time. Like we were just about to return to office and The pandemic was, you know, it was so hard to like adjust to working from home. So I was like, this is the perfect moment to like bring the bright side to work. So I created this framework, like put my deck together, hosted the first one, 250 people signed up. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And I was like, wow, there's really an appetite for this. And it was when I hosted the first session, I was like also just so, it was such a full body yes experience and it felt so right. And I was like, there's something here. So I kind of just kept casually like offering to host those sessions for other teams at Google. And then 2022 rolls around. Yeah. 2022 rolls around. I'm still doing that. I moved back to New York and that just grows. And I keep running my workshops and and doing my thing. And that has really led me to where the bright side is at today. And obviously, Daniela, we connected to bring it to the next level from a design perspective— and finishing that up this year, like, just, it feels so good. And I'm so excited about where it's heading.
0: This is an incredible story. Like, the fact that you had the confidence to be like, I could do that. How, how did you come to find that confidence? Because I know you're going through imposter syndrome at Google. Can you share more about your journey with that and any, like, overcome to then being like, I can totally, like, lead a workshop?
2: Yeah. That's a great question. I really don't know. Let me try to think about this. Um, Because going into that first workshop, like, I was freaking out. Like, I was fully freaking out. Like, I think there is some underlying confidence happening here in that moment in time. But I I think it is also a Leo. I am a Leo. So, like, that's, you know, that's to be considered. But I (laughs) think— It was less about confidence, more about just like excitement shooting my shot. And also at that time when I got the call for submissions, like I was really bored in my job at that point. So I was just like excited to have something else to do and something to like throw myself at. And the confidence has grown a lot. Like I remember right before the first workshop that I hosted, I like took a walk around the block and I was like, freaking out. I was like talking to myself. I was like writing myself like a little, like you got this bogs. Like I literally have that like note to self somewhere. I was like, you got this, just have fun with it. And I think confidence comes with time, but imposter overcoming imposter syndrome is, I think just all about a willingness to try to show up as your full self and trusting that your full self has has your back, I guess, like trusting that Mm -hmm. the authenticity is just kind of going to kick in and like, and it's gotten so much easier to host the workshops in time. Like it's been a long process. I think confidence is built. I think imposter syndrome takes a long time to like dismantle, but it ultimately, this has all stemmed from just like a genuine desire to like try something different and like express myself with the bright side in new ways. And just following those little inclinations and being like, yeah, okay, I could try that. I could submit to that. And like, then getting in and just being like, okay,
0: now I'm going to do it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm held accountable now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense too with authenticity. Like it just becomes, when you're authentic to yourself, things just pour out of you and you have more of a desire to follow through.
1: I also think that you fully didn't think that you would like when you first submitted the workshop, like you were like, I can do that. But you like, I I feel like those random little moments of, yeah, sure, like this might not happen. And then when it like lead to bigger things, like a random like inconsequential decision, like, oh, I'm going to submit this, see what happens, can like really like shift your life. And you know, it's like, I just love when little decisions that in the moment, don't mean anything lead you to something so much like more important than you could have ever imagined.
2: Yeah. At the time that I submitted for, to put a workshop together, I had a sticky note on my desk that said, follow the inclinations. And I so believe in that. You don't always know where something's going to lead, but if you get that little ping and you follow it, like it's really exciting to see what unfolds. I just love
1: the amount of just quotes that you… Like all of your quotes. (laughs) So earlier this year, when we were about to start working together, you told me… Things of value are not afraid of time. Yes. And I… And then Daniela shared that with me. Yes. And I was like, wow. Yes. I wrote it down. I wrote it down in a post-it note. And I told Mariah later, I was like, I just met this girl. She just told oh me this. Like, oh my I god. I needed to hear that. And it's something that stayed with me this entire year. And I put it in the calendar. <laughs> Oh my next God. Year Because it's like such a great phrase and I'm just always so like shocked and I just admire the your capacity to like in one phrase like get so much of what you just said is just like like the inclinations one. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm like where do I tattoo this? Like oh. where? I'm like ugh. yes, should we all get it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like oh, I love this.
0: Yeah, how how are you so bright?
1: <laughs> how are you so wise?
0: Oh, my God. I mean, you said as a kid, like, that was something that always, like, people would compliment you on. So I don't know if that's just some wisdom that you always had within. Or did you learn it from somewhere? You know, that's something I'm trying to understand
2: myself. The, like, that natural optimism and natural, like, buoyancy. I don't think I fully understand it yet. And I am doing a lot of exploration on that. I'm doing—I'm— doing my Akashic Records next week, if either of you are familiar. (laughs) We are. Um, Very (laughs) excited for that. So maybe I'll have to come back for a round two to give you more information. But Yes, debrief. But yeah, I think a lot of it just stems from, again, like having grown up in such a naturally beautiful place. And I come from like a very like modest upbringing, but I think that really instilled a lot of like We had a lot of simple pleasures around us at all times, and I think I just have always had a natural like appreciation for those Mm -hmm. things. And I don't know. I don't know. That's
0: not the best answer, but I'm trying to understand it myself. No, I think that's genuine. Um, You're still in the process of figuring it out, and that's amazing to just own it. When you were growing up, you had siblings, right? Mm -hmm. I have one sibling, Stephen, (laughs) who
2: is my roommate right now, and that's also been a beautiful like journey and i think has informed the bright side like my relationship to my brother has informed my approach to the bright side in a lot of ways because he's also a creative and we're a year apart and our own sibling relationship has been quite a journey and it's a relationship that's really challenged us both to be open and communicative and look at the hard stuff and with the bright side, I'm really, really committed to to doing that and communicating the hard stuff and mm-hmm. being really honest about, like, what I'm going through. And I think Steven helps me a lot with that.
1: I relate to that so much. I think that, like, having a sibling is is so… Like, I know, Mariah, that you're, like, an only child. So, sorry. But it's… Like, <laughs> can't relate. Can't but, relate. By <laughs> but, um, but, like, I think that also having, like, a male sibling is a thing as well as women. Like… I think that growing up… It's not that we're pitted against each other or that… But it's like we're on different planets. Yeah. Truly different planets. Yeah. And it's… And it's almost like you are an only child in your own way… Because you're the girl and he's the boy… And and if he's younger… It's just… And it's just one year. Like yeah. I have the exact same setup with my brother Diego. And we've talked That's about crazy. this. Um, but it's like I think that now as I'm growing into becoming… Or am an adult I guess legally. Um, <laughs> like for all intents and purposes. Like just finding a friend in your sibling. And like relating and actually seeing them as like equals. Because yeah. I'm not saying that I ever saw my brother as like less than me. But I did see him as a child. Yeah. Like, it was like, n- no. Like, I, and also there's like this like distance that happens when you grow up and you go on and you have your own life. And I think it's so special that like, you guys have found like that middle ground as well. Yeah. And you both grew up in this beautiful environment and he probably has his own appreciation of beauty. And I don't know, he sounds great. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> but oh my God. I'm like, we could take this conversation to so many places. But like we mm-hmm. were talking, we, pick? we were talking right before we started recording and we had all these tech issues about how the end of the year is always such like a such a thing. Yes. Like I'm feeling that right now. Yeah. And you're going through it right now. I and am. I was wondering if you'd want to talk about it and kind of like how you're managing it yourself because I feel like a lot of us and when I say us it's not just me and Mariah but a lot of our listeners are also going through that like it's the end of the year January's gonna come and you're like new year new me bullshit it's like I mean it's not bullshit but you know what I mean? It is. is. Like it's like why are we like this? (laughs) (laughs) What? So like yeah why what's happening what are you feeling Yeah
2: the end of the year is always a really intense time for me and I'm someone who has really big plans and sets sometimes unrealistic goals for myself and like I was saying to you before we started recording I'm someone who's always more inclined to focus on what I haven't done yet or what I, the goals that are still trying you know still pending and right after Thanksgiving I really crashed. And I had I had just been pushing myself to the limit in like so many different areas of my life. And I had bitten off a little bit more than I could chew. And I really crashed. I like crashed and burned. And I had to overcome some disappointment in myself for like not having the energy to do a few more things, especially like with the bright side that I had really wanted to do. And... In that moment of like crashing and burning and just like letting myself kind of collapse and feel really tired, I started to reflect on what, just reflect on the year. And I wrote out, like I drew a little like winding wiggly like timeline of the year. And I reflected back and I was amazed by how much has happened Mm -hmm. this year. And I made space for actually acknowledging like, wow, I have completely rebranded The Bright Side, thanks to you. You have completely
1: rebranded The Bright Side. I
2: I, I wouldn't have been possible without you. But I will say. But yeah, I I think at this moment in time, it's so important to to do a few things. One, to make space for being tired. Mm. And I'm like saying that to myself. Like I have such a hard time resting because I get so worked up by— I get so caught up in like productivity culture and like because I have some— my side project that is not my actual career, I constantly feel like I'm having to like be working and be on and be like making that come to life. And no one's gonna do it but me. So one, acknowledging that it's okay to rest. Two, really making space for what has happened this year and Mm -hmm. like focusing on focusing on and celebrating like what you've already achieved. And kind of looking at third thing I'll say is being using this time and this moment of like rest and winding down to be really thoughtful and intentional about where you want to be Mm -hmm. next year at this time. Like I, one of the exercises I did recently was like writing a letter from the perspective of myself in a year. And it's like, where am I? What have I done? What do my relationships feel like? What am, what's bringing me joy? And that is, that was a helpful thing to do to like get my priorities straight again, because I think by, by the time Thanksgiving rolled around and I was crashing and burning, my priorities were just so I didn't even know what my priorities were because I was just like sprinting in all these different directions mm-hmm. and getting clear on like what is important to me has been helpful at this moment.
1: I love all of that. <laughs> like I I I'm like taking mental notes of like I actually <laughs> should too. do that for real. Yes, Ugh, that that's I'm so going good. to do that. Okay. I'm just thinking like, I actually, every single year since I was like, I don't even remember like 10, I do this ritual with my mom on this, um, like the summer, not the summer solstice, the winter solstice. And in, in Spain and Latin America, they call it like the spirit of Christmas. And you open the doors, you clean your house and you let the spirit of Christmas come into your house and you write, it's, it's kind of silly sounding, but it's effective. No, it's so cute. I think it's like I it's, love a ritual. It's like glorified cleaning your house, <laughs> but also you write you write like a list of wishes, like twenty one wishes, so that the spirit of Christmas can like make them come true. But you start it by giving thank you for like the year before, and you are supposed to keep that letter and then read it the next year. Cross off the things that came true and then burn it. And I've been doing that since I was a kid. I, I, I've i done it on in like airports and like napkins. It's, it's like this entire thing. And every single year, I look forward to that day. We light candles. It's like so nice. But I love reading the list of intentions that I set and crossing things out. And it's like a deep moment of like, shit, like this year was actually like incredible. Yeah. Right? And then you write the intentions. It's less more like… I feel like we're in like a capitalistic culture of like work and productivity and go, go, go. Like in future future planning. planning. And like next year, I'm going to join a yoga class because my back is starting to hurt. And I'm also going to um, learn French. And then I'm also going to go to 15 countries and leave and like read 45 books. Like that's great, right? But also it just puts so much pressure on yourself and it doesn't leave a lot of space for like, surprises Mm -hmm. and just random fun things that will occur, right? So it's kind of like, I think that I'm going into 2024 with much more of like a flow state and less of like trying to control any outcome because I went into 2023 with like, okay, this is kind of like what I want to do. I had realized in October of last year that most of the things that happened in 2022 were random surprises and that was the moment where I was like, "I cannot plan for my for the best things in my life, yeah, that's beautiful, Like I can't plan for that. I can obviously put the intention out like of course i I want to be dating someone by twenty twenty four like I, that's going on my list <laughs> right, and it's been it's been on my list forever, but I'm also not gonna give myself shit for not crossing yeah. that like it's fine, like you know it's kind of like it's really easy to focus on what's what hasn't been done, you know, but there's so much that has been, and I just love what you did. Like, I, I'm i going to do mm-hmm. that and the ritual. I love all of those things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm so inspired to do that. I think there's so much of what you both said about having, like, the bird's eye view because you can get—when you're so close to your day-to-day and you're just trying to, like, okay, here's all the things I need to do to survive and be a human. Then here's all the things that I need to cross off on my to-do list— you're so detached from everything that you've accomplished or everything that has happened. And so I think doing those exercises is really important because something that I have been going through the last few weeks and it came to a head yesterday was I just got so overwhelmed by the things that I haven't done and the things that I have procrastinated that are piling up at the end of the year. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, why did I put things off? Like now I'm not handling it in the best fashion. So in that moment, I was just so focused on like shaming myself, feeling the guilt that I couldn't take a moment to just be like, but you went through so much this year. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much unexpected shit that really took all of your energy and time. And so like, Give yourself grace for having for creating space this year to truly just like play, have fun, and to do whatever I needed to do to self-soothe. Cause that's really what I felt like the last six months have been for me is just like really trying to find joy and to maintain that optimism through allowing myself to experience life outside of like all the things that I had been working on until that point where. I left the relationship and my whole world turned upside down as you can relate, Erica. Um, And so I think I am learning a lot in this moment too of um, like how important it is to regain clarity by looking back and really having that moment to feel proud of yourself and giving yourself that grace and compassion because no one else is going to give it to you. That comes from within. Totally. And to
2: bring it back to the concept of like bright siding and yeah, maintaining that optimism, a huge lesson for me it with it, with the whole bright siding project since I started it. But I think especially this year has been like light can't exist without the dark and getting more comfortable looking at the things that are harder to look at and the things that bring up the, like the shame or the disappointment or the self judgment and processing that because those are real and, like you said Mariah like really recentering on grace and i think that is really the gateway to to the optimism again and it's a cycle and we're always always going to be there's always going to be something that is a challenge in our life and the more we practice making peace with the things that are harder to look at the easier it gets like in my experience it gets a lot easier but
0: it's a process and it's hard and i think there's something so beautiful i'm learning And this happened yesterday when I had this just, like, overwhelm, anxiety. The darkness was just taking over where I almost, like, lost sense of all of the tools I have to, like, maintain the optimism and find the joy. Um, And I was just kind of, like, battling that internal dialogue between, like, knowing what I know to get myself back up here from, like, being so low to, like, something— the voice within the darkness. It was like, it's okay to feel this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay to allow yourself to feel upset, to feel the shame, to feel all of it. Like, just accept it, that it's an emotion. Be here for a minute. Mm -hmm. But like, don't let yourself drown here. And so I was like, okay, I think I just like really need to cry. Like, I just felt like I really need to cry because I've been just like moving so fast that I haven't allowed myself to like feel a little sorry for myself for a minute. And I think it's okay. It's like finding the the fine line between like victimhood, but like grieving and feeling a little bit sorry for yourself and having an understanding and compassion for what you've gone through. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to like let myself sob and like let it out of my body and just fully be sad. So I was like, okay, I'm going to dedicate like a couple hours in my morning to just like being sad and giving myself some tough love. Mm -hmm. like giving myself the grace, but also being like, okay, you know, we could have done things better, but we didn't. So we're giving ourselves grace because you were holding a lot. But also it's very important for you to, when you want to get manifestations or you want to co-create and have great things happen to you, it's very important that you have responsibility and integrity and in everything that you do. It's not just, um, Like you can just float around and just like choose joy all the time. Like you can do that, but you also have to have responsibility because we live in this 3D world and integrity with everything that you do. Like, are you following through on the things that you're promising to others, the things that you're promising to yourself? Um, So I was doing that intake and I was like, wow, I was not loving some of the choices I had made. And I had to allow myself to be disappointed in myself, but like in, from a nurturing way, like what a mother yes. would say to a child. So I was like, okay, I'm going to mother myself in this moment. I'm going to say, okay, maybe we could have handled this better, but we didn't and it's okay because we can't change the past. But what a beautiful lesson this is to learn and to have this new motivation and this new sense of awareness and this new goal to be better. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to be better. I'm going to choose different. I'm going to make this like— My goal for 2024 is like integrity is going to be at the core of everything, responsibility. Like I want to be that reliable person that people can count on. And I have to, I have to show up for myself first. So if I have something that I want to do and create for myself, like I got to be showing up to that first and then, you know, right. So I had that moment and then um, I was like, okay, I've, I've learned the lesson here. I think I'm like embracing it. I journaled, I reflected, I did like the things to self-soothe. So it was like sitting in the darkness, but then um doing like a process ritual, which for me is like journaling and tarot, and then like giving myself something like not punishing myself, but okay, how can I give myself something that's going to take me out of this sad energy cuz now I got to go and like work and like be a human and Function, And so then I was like, okay, I'm going to treat myself to, I just moved through a lot in a few hours, like just process a lot. So I'm going to treat myself instead of punishing myself and being like, you don't deserve the outside world or any kind of treat today. Like you're in trouble. You're grounded. I was like, no, like I moved through a lot. I think I like have the self-awareness to like deserve a treat. And so I went out and um, had the most incredible few exchanges in my day that really were like answers to prayers of very specific things. Like the book that I had read to take me out of the spiral, um, I ran into the author on my walk. That's the universe. Yeah, and we had an amazing conversation and he's going to be on the podcast one day. So it's like, and then I just, I've been wanting like a place and more community and I met people and they were like, oh, you should come here. Like there's so many people looking for like photography and what you offer. And I was like, oh my God, okay, yes. Yes. This is exactly what I was feeling like I needed, but it didn't happen. It wouldn't have happened if I punished myself. I had to choose joy. I had to actively choose joy, and so the lesson was that sometimes everything that we need and we want is on the other side of just leaning into that joy and that optimism and that brightness,
2: and letting yourself be hold space for the hard things Mm -hmm. and look at it. And I think that is. It's a really hard thing to do. And Mm. I think the joy and the beauty that follows, like, letting that really tough stuff in and taking the accountability and just being like, okay, like, I'm not a victim. Like, I'm sad about this, but I'm not a victim. This is the role I played. Like, look at how much space Mm -hmm. you made for those beautiful connections, like, right on the other side. Mm
1: -hmm. I love that,
0: Mariah. I love that so much. (sighs) Thanks for letting me share. It was a big unlock.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This reminds me on the plane here. I watched Inside Out, the Pixar movie. Oh, I love that. And I love it so much. It's one of my like go-tos if I'm on a plane and there's like nothing else that's better to watch. And anyway, and in that movie, they explain all of this so well. Like how like you need sadness and like Mm -hmm. sad… So you get those moments of joy. Like how sadness is so important. And anger and all the things, right? But like… It was just like… You had to have that sad moment… In order to have that joyful moment. Yeah. And it's informing your personality. Like it's informing who you are as a person. Letting yourself feel all of those feelings. Like it's not always going to be peachy. You're allowed to be sad about things, right? But afterwards… Like, you get this reward. The reward was yourself getting yourself out of that. Yeah. Like, even if you hadn't gotten a treat, the fact that you worked through all of that and you overcame it in such a loving and beautiful way was already a gift. Like… Wow. That's so true. Yeah. You get a lot from Pixar movies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's… To get to that space of just like having the tools and like knowing how to get yourself out of that is just years and years of really looking within and getting to know who you are on every level, who you are in your sadness. Who am I when I'm happy? Why am I happy? What leads me to being happy? What leads me to being sad? And just like constantly analyzing and observing yourself in your environment and how it's impacting you. I think that's it. It's just through experience, through, um, everything, through our relationships, through the jobs that we have, it's really just becoming an observer of yourself and your life. And then just having grace and just knowing that like every time something happens, like it means more than you think that's like mundane in the moment. And I'm going to, I'm going to share a couple examples too. And then I want you guys to share some too, but like, I get super triggered when things like with technology don't work, and like you know we had tech (laughs) issues. I was about to cry. I was like, "Oh my god!" (laughs) I know, right? I'm like, "We're not going to record this." Um, And so, I think a big thing that's helped me is taking everything that happens and just knowing, like, okay, what is to be learned from this, and what value is this bringing me? And this is so silly, but like. Before my meltdown yesterday, there was kind of a buildup and Daniela was there for me. I was like— There always is. <laughs> Poor Danielle. She's she's my rock in crisis. Just
1: like, dump. I just like dump on her. I'm like, my life is over. And I'm like giving her solutions. And I'm like, I know that, yeah, that's not such what a Capricorn. Wants, but I don't care. I'm like, call customer service.
0: <laughs> but this is very first world problems. Um, but yeah, like my dice <laughs> My Dyson hairdryer broke, which is something that brings me so much joy every day because beauty is important to me. It's important for myself to do something for myself like weekly, which is like give myself my at-home blowout. And it had broke. It just stopped working. And I was like, Oh my God. Like what that, why is this happening? Earlier in the day, I had gotten a parking ticket. I had like somebody hounding me for money. Um, like it, just like so many money things were coming up. And then like my hair dryer, my Dyson breaking was like, Oh my God. I had a moment where I was like, why is all this bad stuff happening to me? Like, what the fuck is going on in the cosmos? Like the world's out to get me for a second. I like threw my little tantrum and then i was like wait no there's some like there's something going on there's something i need to learn and through like just like looking at all the patterns within it i'm like oh and then all the stuff that came up the next day that was like needing to be dealt with i'm like there's a common theme here and it's all about me not wanting or asking for what i need so feeling like a burden and like not wanting to go the extra mile and like confront people and be like Oh, I need this, like calling Dyson and being like, this broke, and I've only used it like a handful of times. And so, like that, that was the lesson. Like, oh, I need to like ask for what I need and I need to use my voice. And that's why all these things are happening. And of, of course, like that's why the manifestations aren't coming in, because like I'm not proving that I'm capable of handling situations. So that was my lesson. I was like, oh my God, this all makes sense. What a blessing. What a blessing that all of these things happened to really like shake me up and be like, oh, I got to wake up. There's something here that I was missing. And so that has been incredible, like an incredible mindset shift. So I'm wondering if you guys like have any like recent experiences where stuff like that has happened and you've kind of went through your own process.
2: Yes, totally. And I just want to reflect back to you, Mariah, that like it it's big leagues to— step out of the woe is me mindset and look for the pattern. It's Mm. big leagues to do that and it's hard. And it's really easy to stay in the like, this is all happening to me. Everything is against me. But you're so right. That is not the truth. And sometimes, sometimes it is, but like there is, when you look for the pattern, it usually surfaces pretty fast. And I'm totally experiencing that in my own way. And I think even coming back to the like end of the year theme that we're talking about, mm-hmm. this is a really this is a really big moment to just be like looking at the patterns from the year in so many different realms. I'm really noticing a pattern in dating right now. I was, te- was I telling this to you earlier? Mm-hmm. I feel like I've dated the same guy three times this year. Like I just keep, oh, I God. just keep getting the same guy. Obviously like different people, but like the same archetype of someone who presents as really exciting and will have like a really fun and magical like first date or two, just like absolute chemistry right away, all this stuff. And then there's a shift into like emotional unavailability from him and anxious attachment from me. Mm. And then me just like getting really like distracted and upset by like what's going on and, and like all of this stuff. And last I don't know a few weeks ago I finally just like called my mom and like I had known that like this stuff was really like upsetting me but I was kind of like no stay high vibe like it's gonna be fine like whatever Mm -hmm. and then I called my mom and you know when you call your mom and you just start crying and you're like oh 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 this is okay this is going on and I realized like I had (laughs) I was like telling myself that I was okay with this sort of behavior from men and like I was trying to be like the cool girl who was like Ugh, chill and like, all- you know, <laughs> yes. not needy and like all of this stuff. <laughs> and, and I was like, wait, I'm actually like, I've been so disappointed by what I've been on the receiving end of in mm-hmm. dating. But I've been accepting that and I've been like allowing that in. And exactly what you're saying, Mariah, like I haven't been speaking my needs into mm-hmm. existence. And like that is really rooted in not wanting someone to disappear because I'm too much or whatever. And yeah, like at this point in the year, I'm like really, like the big thing I'm reflecting on is like dating patterns. Mm -hmm. And I've done some like clearing and like closing out and like boundary setting of like, you know, situationships from earlier this year, but there are still like a few like open, like, I don't know. Oh. Like situations that I feel like I can't tell if they require like communication like with the person or just an internal reckoning of like, okay, this is like what I Mm -hmm. can expect going forward from this person. And it's really no fault of their own. Like I just, you know, like this, just looking at the situation for objective truth, not Mm -hmm. like my like personal feelings towards it. So, yeah, I don't know. I Mm -hmm. don't know if that answers
1: your question. Have you written written letters that you're not going to send?
2: Oh, to all the boys I loved before. Not this year. Last year (laughs) I did that. I would highly recommend that. I just did my like 2023 dating wrapped like in a (gasps) note
0: on my phone. Oh my God. God. I need to do that.
2: I had a big year, y'all. I had some fun (laughs) this year.
1: But I think, I think it might serve
2: me to write some closing letters. No, no. But it's a thing.
1: It's a thing. Like, I've heard this man on TikTok, this like old man. I I don't remember if he was like a guru or a psychologist. I don't know. Um, Don't remember. But he did say… Same, same. He… Kind of. um, He did say that like, to find the love that you're looking for, you have to break up with all of your imaginary boyfriends. And like that includes the people that you're no longer talking to but that will lurk or that will respond mm-hmm. to your Instagram story or that will, you know, like you need to make that space in your life energetically. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I've been on a rampage. I've been breaking I'm about up with to, people. <laughs> I'm about to go write a lot of letters. I love that. Yeah. that. I
2: also heard recently on this theme, and then Same. I want to hear what your patterns are that are surfacing. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> this is from To Be Magnetic on one of their podcasts. Mm. It was to get your list, you need to be your list. And Damn. Like, mm. you know, your list yes. is in like what you're looking for in a mm-hmm. partner. And it kind of reminds me of what you were saying earlier about like accountability, Mariah. Mm-hmm. Like, I… Have had to really look at myself in the mirror and be like i'm expecting a lot from mm-hmm. my future partner, and i ho- I hold myself to a generally like pretty high bar, but I really had to do an audit of like, well, am I acting the list like am i am I my list
1: yeah, yeah. that's a great point i I love oh my I love that, and I also want to add the 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 like the level of like consistency that that requires as well. Yeah. Because I like we're all human and we'll have up, like ups and downs and like our level of consistency. But I think that… And as Elsa is a brand designer, that's like a huge thing of like… I think that in order to be in that like space of receiving what it is that you want, you have to be consistent in the choices that you're making. Like let's say like, oh, I want to have a better work-life balance. But you're constantly choosing, right? To finish work at I'm just like… I'm going to close this door. Okay you're constantly choosing to finish work at like 12 a.m. Like you're like overworking yourself or you're picking these guys that are losers over and over and over again. Like that's saying the like the opposite thing of what you're actually manifesting. Like you have to be consistent in the thing that you're asking for and then the choices that you're making time and time and time again. Like staying accountable, staying consistent not being wishy-washy with what you want because it's like if i want this i'm not going to go and get the opposite of that or get something that's close to it but you know because i can't get any anything better like i think that and it's a me thing it's like an individual thing it's it's i think it's rarely about anyone else it's about staying consistent with yourself and your desires and your own standards like uh, at a time. Like, it's so hard. It's, it's so hard. It's not easy. Yeah.
0: Dating and going through that whole process is just holding up a mirror oh. to like your biggest wounds. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Of like how you see yourself and what you think you deserve.
1: But all of those experiences, I think, are Erica, served a purpose. Like they served a purpose to get you here. Yeah. And that's important. And that's also totally valid. Like… Are there some of them that you would be like? Eh, I would have preferred not to, but it took tr- <laughs> it brought you here, totally. and the and the here and now is pretty great. Like you have this clarity, yeah, right? Like,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, I am very grateful. Yeah, and as much like you know, there's been a lot of pain, but there's been a lot of fun. Like it's I've had so- a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and.
2: I
1: am very grateful for that. What's fun without pain? <laughs> <laughs> Masochists <you might. laughs> Uh But uh, it's
0: so true yeah. though. Like I think you can get so bitter sometimes when things don't work out. And whoever was like whatever animosity that you leave things with, if you do. Um, sometimes it can be hard to remember that you had so much fun along the way. That there was like a moment in time where things were so good. And like, I'm so meta with that, that I think about like, well, time doesn't exist. Like that's all still like happening in its own like weird way. So I'm going to hold on to that and detach from like the negative emotions with it and not carry that with me and just look at how beautiful and look at the things that I did like and that I did cherish because that's all part of what I do want. And, you know, it's just, you have to kind of just go through it and date. And I feel like it's so crazy that we're all three of us are single right now <sighs> in this moment in time. We can relate on this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's such it's so a sacred good. time. Yeah.
1: And it when will like I think that it's also precious in a sense. Yeah. Like to have friends that are going through the same thing. There was a point, like maybe a year ago, where all of my friends were in serious relationships and or engaged. And I was like, I am alone. <laughs> and then suddenly mm-hmm. I like, well, Mariah went what Well, you know, I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) But like a lot of… I started like meeting people that are on the same boat as me. And you're a part of those people. And it's so nice because like I get to relate to my friends that are in relationships. And it's great. And they expand me and all that jazz. But to have friends that are going through it with you… Like it's not the journey. It's the friends you make (laughs) along the way. (laughs) <laughs> Put that on a mode. <laughs> yes,
0: um, but yeah. Put that in the bright side newsletter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. I love your newsletter, by Thank the way. You. Thank this you. This is yeah. a plug. Circling, back. <laughs> circling, circling, circling back. back. Yeah. Well, I did want to share. Like, my thing lately has been, a, like, the whole like last part of this year has been like very like timing focused, mm. like just in general i feel like the word timing is everywhere wherever i go mm. like it's insane and one thing that i've found in just like daily life is that i always feel like i'm late for something and i usually am but what i've found what i've found is that i'm never actually late like if mm. i'm getting if there's a delay happening or if there's traffic or if the train is late or if my if my alarm went off and i turned it off myself like There's a reason for that. Listen to that. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying be late for everything. Don't be an asshole. But like, there's like the delays are there for a reason. Yeah. The delays are divine. Yes, they are divine. Mm -hmm. And I'm more attuned to that now than ever. Because when I was here last October, I famously missed my flight and missed a lot of other things. And it was just… Her helicopter. That is my my favorite story. We don't talk about the helicopter. We have yet to talk it's about still, it. It's still a deep okay. cut, okay? It's still hard. <laughs> it's too soon. It's too soon. But like… I think that I missed that flight for a reason. I don't think that I would be here four weeks later if I had… Like there's things that in the grand scheme of things will make sense. And sometimes make sense the moment you arrive into mm-hmm. the place. Like I, I just think that when you're not… And you're like trying to push through timing is when accidents happen. It's when things that… Like you see things that you're not supposed Like you get like weird ass experiences that are not fun when you're trying to force this narrative and you're trying mm-hmm. to force the, your own timing of like, no, I have to be there by this time or mm-hmm. I have to meet someone by this time. Like one time doesn't exist just as Mariah said. It's all like a flat little line. We… I don't know. I, I have my theories about this. <laughs> but it's like I'm not late for anything. If anything, everyone's early. (laughs) I love that. But like, I'm just trusting the delays so much more now. And it's made me less anxious because as a person that tends towards the anxious in all senses, just trusting that, okay, if I'm late or if this person is delaying me or if the money isn't coming, like it's for a reason that I am yet to discover Mm -hmm. and just really like letting go and just trusting. Yeah. Trusting, period. End of sentence. And coming from a Capricorn, <laughs> this, is,
0: this is a big deal. Yeah, it is. Like, I, this is an evolved Capricorn. Wow. Well,
2: <laughs> I'm trying. Can I ask you two a question? Yeah. Trust and faith are something I think a lot about and I write a lot about. And I'm curious to know, what are your practices for for trust when you're feeling really anxious or you're feeling really frustrated?
1: As of late, I I think to my... like. I think about my spiritual guides and I think about them as like surrounding me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I'm with my guides, if I'm divinely protected and I'm, and I'm divinely guided, nothing goes wrong. Like I'm I'm on a plane and the plane starts like shaking, I'm moving and I'm like, fuck, I'm going to die. I just think you're divinely guided, you're divinely protected, you're divinely yep. guided. You, you If you are on this plane, it's for a reason. Yep. Like just letting go of that need to like… Also, I do not know how to like… Like fly a plane. So there's really no point. Like right. in a situation like right. that… I'm fucking helpless. Yeah. Surrender. So you just surrender. So surrender. I'm, that's yeah. kind of like what I've been doing. Like, like I repeat that to myself. And then also, it's been helpful to look back to patterns. Mm-hmm. So like this month, for example, I was just telling you earlier how I'm still booking for January. And I have yet to like actually sign on a client. And that's really like nerve-wracking because as a small business owner, it's like you depend on that to like survive. So if you're looking. Um, <laughs> but it's like… I went back and I was like, okay, what has been the pattern? Like what happens every December? I've been doing this for three years. And I went back to my little Excel sheet and it was like, actually, December is usually a great month. There's no reason to worry. This is the pattern. Like if it happened three years in a row, what? why is 2023 yep. going to be different? To apply it into more of like a life sense, if every single time that I was wrecked because a Guy broke my heart. I put myself back together. My friends were there for me. My family loved on me. I worked through it. Why am I so afraid that I won't be able to manage it? You know? It's like when you put your trust in something, you have to trust that you'll be able to handle it even if it doesn't end up the way that you wanted it to.
2: That's so beautiful.
1: So, wow. That was really good. Was I was proud really of myself. Damn.
2: I'm putting that in my pocket. <laughs> Thank
0: you. <laughs> I'm like impressed right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Same. <laughs> same. <laughs> I, yeah. Little moment of appreciation. Yeah. How do you do it, Mariah? Um, I think that really like helped me think of mine. Welcome. It's just a matter of like, like kind of what you said, just knowing and trusting that. Okay, let me backtrack. I think when you're so attuned to your authenticity and you're really working on doing all the things to continue to choose authenticity and to really do the intake of like, okay, if I choose this, am I being true to myself and kind of like going with that? And so I think because taking stock of the year and all the choices I've made and um, has involved like hurting a lot of people along the way. But at the end of the day, I was true to myself. And I, um, in, in that like pride almost, I feel, and kind of going through the letting go of a lot of things that weren't authentic to me, proved to myself that, I mean, if I can let go of those things, what do I have to lose? Like a full moment of surrender. So I think what I do to continue to like have that faith and trust is to always come back to my authenticity. And be like, am I doing this because I feel so expressed in being 100% me or do I not? And so if I don't, I need to trust that it's time to go. Or now I just have this whole new sense that I'm just being divinely guided because I keep choosing myself over and over again. So like right now, I'll give an example. I'm in this like amazing, I live in Santa Monica, like right by the beach. And I'm so attached to this space. It brings me so much joy and the community I've built and continue to build right now is so fulfilling. And I'm in a place of like, but I don't know if I can afford to stay here. So all in all, I feel like having that faith and trust just comes from choosing that authenticity always. And just knowing that if you have that, you're going to have everything you want. Like if you keep choosing that, no matter if your environment is stripped, like if for whatever reason I can't make rent next month, like I've just come to this acceptance that, okay, then take me wherever I meant to go. And just like having trust in that. And I think it's just from proving to yourself always that you always kind of end up where you need to be and just like really believing that at your core. And I will say one more thing that has helped me get there is like I grew up with, like a very faith-based life. I grew up non-denominational Christian, like Catholics around me as well. And so I always kind of had like instilled in me a faith in something greater than yourself and trusting that things happen in divine timing. So I I do have to say that it helped having that um, ingrained in me, but then kind of like finding my new version of that outside of religion, but more of just like, okay, yes, I do feel this other divine energy that kind of like, creates these synchronicities in life. And if I've gotten this far and I've learned this much, and if I continue to choose this and I'm seeing this outcome, then that's what builds the trust is like, you almost have to have proof in just like trial and error and trying to like choose things through authenticity and learning about yourself more and more throughout that process. But yeah, that's how I would say is just kind of like, just Knowing that whatever shit happens, like somehow I'm always okay and I end up finding like my people and my joy and I'm good. Yeah. And faith is
2: a muscle. Like mm-hmm. it's built, it's built and it's strengthened. And I love both of those answers. Thanks for letting me no. be the interviewer for no. a minute. Yeah, no, so I, I, I want to. It's almost
1: you. like you have a
0: podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to plug in girl dinner in a sec, but I want to ask yes. you the same question like, how? How do I, yeah, have
2: faith and build trust? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it actually has a lot to do with like letting myself be in the rock bottom spaces, like we were kind of talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Like the faith is usually the weakest right before a big release for mm-hmm. me. Like the faith is usually the weakest when I'm, like avoiding looking at something hard or ignoring a truth not connected to my authenticity. and then, it's usually like making space to be in that hard moment is when the faith downloads come. And I'm like, mm. oh, I, like I'm just able to like see the truth of whatever it is I'm going through. And like you were saying earlier, Mariah, like right on the other side of that is like where the alignment comes back. Mm. And that's not to say you need to like have a breakdown every time you're trying to have faith. But I think like, getting more comfortable with my authenticity too. Sometimes that meaning I need to cry or I need to like Mm. be in a lower spot and then being really attuned to what's happening like right after I let that authenticity in helps strengthen the faith. And I also related to a lot to what you were saying, Daniela, about like reflecting on patterns. Like even right before this, like there's always something, I just generally having a lot of anxiety about being fully self-expressed. That's been another huge like purpose for the bright side is giving me a platform to be fully self-expressed and getting ready for this podcast. I was even like, just reflecting on moments that have challenged me to be fully self-expressed in the past that I have that I have succeeded at. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I've done this before, mm-hmm. you know. Like I've done this before, and I've got this, and it's like faith in your guides and and like you know all of the the woo. But it's also like faith in yourself.
1: Yes. It it all comes down to that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a practice. It's a practice. Definitely. faith, you know, is
2: really strong in some moments and it's really weak in some moments. And I also think that's normal. So Mm. if you're listening to this and you feel like disconnected from your faith, that's okay too. That's a part of it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's part of the process. Yeah. So this, we're going to plug in your podcast because people need to be hearing more of you. And also, obviously, the bright side as in like your newsletter and then bright siding as like a brand. Yeah, But like, can you tell us a little bit more about Girl Dinner, your podcast? Yes. Girl Dinner is so
2: fun. So I started this podcast with my cousin in October, I want to say, and talk about inclinations. Like it was just one of those things, like I just kind of got an intuitive download that was like, get this podcasting equipment, get ready, just play. And it started, that was a download, but it also was like connected to a desire I had to be, to practice being more fully self-expressed verbally. I'm a writer first and foremost. I am so comfortable with the written Mm -hmm. word. Like my pencils are sharp. I know how to get what I'm trying to say out when I'm writing. And writing allows for a lot of editing and a lot of refining and a lot of like, you know, just perfecting. And I was noticing that I really wanted to strengthen that muscle Mm. verbally and become more comfortable just like speaking. So I got all this podcasting equipment just kind of like on a lark. And then my cousin Megan is 23. I'm 29. She's 23. And we just have a really funny dynamic. And I kind of just forced her into starting a podcast with me. And it was right around the time that girl dinner was trending on, or like girl dinner really peaked like this summer, fall. Mm. And I just downloaded the audio from TikTok and that's our intro. It's so obnoxious, but it's where we talk about all sorts. We just, we just kind of shoot the shit and it's, it's funny. And then I did, it I'm experimenting with some like solo episodes. Mm-hmm. So right now it's kind of a playground for me, but I am really excited for mm. where it's going to go.
1: I don't know. I also love how you discuss like pop culture references so much, like just things that are happening in the moment. Like I think that's so fun. Yeah. Like we have your so much fun. on that. So I love it. hmm
0: Yeah, those are the only podcasts I listen to right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we have a
2: funny dynamic because, like I said, I'm 29, she's 23. Mm. We've got the millennial Gen Z. Oh, like, yes. Like we are so different. And I think that's really funny. It um, is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we have really different outlooks on everything.
1: <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah. wait, do we want to ask Erica the questions we yeah, always ask, yeah, yeah. I guess? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mariah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let you do that. Okay. Let's start
0: with, Um. we'll start with the deep one. So with everything that we talked about today, if there was like one piece of advice or like the biggest piece of advice you would give your younger self, what would it be? I'm thinking I want to be really thoughtful about this it's safe
2: to be you it's safe to be you
0: oh
1: I love that yes
0: my younger self needs that one too
1: yeah my present self needs that too me too yeah yeah. Yeah,
0: past present future 1000% I love that it's safe to fully express yourself
1: yeah and then the lighter one is, if you could be a flower, what flower you would be and why?
2: A daisy. Uh, of course. A oh daisy. God. Yes. It's so it's so You've Got Mail coded and I know that and I'm aware of that, but it's not even like because of You've Got Mail. Um, <laughs> but I read, <laughs> okay, I read this book called Signs last year mm-hmm. by Laura Lynn Jackson, I think is the author's name. It's yes, about like looking for signs. Yes, looking for signs from the universe and totally changed my life. And I was sitting in the bath and I was like, Okay, what it was like around the point in the book where it was like kind of challenging you to like ask for signs too. It's like, what should my sign be? And just immediately it was daisy, like daisies. And this was like the dead of winter, so it's not like daisies were like around.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I don't know, like I don't have any super spiritual like childhood connection connection to daisies, but I do love them. And I started seeing them fucking everywhere, everywhere. And yeah, so anyway, I would be a daisy. I love that. And I love, I think they're so happy. They and are. they're so sweet and they're so simple. And I love them.
0: They are. And they're playful. Yeah. And, and there's like,
1: there's yellow, but it's yeah, white, yeah. white and yellow. I don't know. There's like just... an optimism to daisies. Even when you say it, it's think. just like daisy. Yeah, it's, like it's, a, beautiful, it's a beautiful yeah. name. I love, I love the sound of daisy Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Do love Do we
0: have this. one more question? I thought there was one more. I don't remember, do we? I think we I think we were also talking about incorporating some new ones and I don't remember. So. Yeah. It do you was, have any wild card questions for me? Oh, oh my God, Erica. Can you hear the um, scraping of the leaves? The raking of the leaves? It's yeah, kind of relaxing. It. It's fine. Okay, whatever. <laughs> totally ASMR. Fun. Okay. So Erica, if you want to share with us like some things that you're currently incorporating in your life that really like fulfill the mind-body-spirit connection. So what are you doing for your mind? What are you doing for your body? And what are you doing for your spirit? I love this question. Okay,
2: for my mind, I'm doing To Be Magnetic, which I was texting you guys about. And I was like, of course, these girls are up on To Be Magnetic. <laughs> I think I found something cool and they've been on this for years. Um, <laughs> but I'm loving To Be Magnetic. I It's been such a helpful mechanism for reflection and pattern mm pattern identifying and I have just been really enjoying that. Um, It's like a practice and that's kind of spiritual too but like I'm gonna say for the mind. For the body, are you guys looking for like products or just like… Oh, whatever feels like whatever comes to mind. This is rapid fire. For body, (laughs) just walking. I walk like five miles a day and that is just like an absolutely necessary like… Part of my routine right now, mm-hmm. even in like the freezing cold, I'm like bundling up and just like walking. So that is like really important for my body. Mm-hmm. I'm not really like exercising other than walking, and yeah. that just is what feels really good to me right now. I'm, like listening to my music, just like being my little main, main character. character. Totally, yeah, yes, totally. I love yes. that. And there's no better place than New York for that. Base, oh I was God, about to say course. that, and then spirit. Hmm, I consider myself a very spiritual person. But that's like the hardest one to answer. But if we're going rapid fire, just like, just reading a lot. Like I've been reading a lot, not anything even super spiritual, but Mm. I find so much inspiration through interviews and magazines and books. I'm reading like the Hunger Games right now. And I don't know. I just like, like reading has
0: been a really good way to practice Mm. connecting to my spirituality. So yeah. I love that. And I think like of spirituality sometimes we feel like has to be so serious and like mm-hmm. we have to be journaling and all that stuff but I feel like spirit is just connecting to your essence like the essence of who you are and yeah. the essence of who you are is just like so joyful the hunger and, games <laughs> and like that's a spiritual practice for you yeah yeah because it's connecting you to your essence to your spirit
2: yeah, but thank you guys so much. Oh, I you.
1: could talk to you both forever. <laughs> I'm like, can we do this every week? Like, this oh, is and, so fun. Uh, I just loved having you. This has felt like a warm hug that I'm about to give you because <laughs> I am in person with you. Um, and, and we FOMO. also need to like eat. But um, yeah, I'm so same. Yes, yeah, so I haven't had breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so we will leave Erica's details in the episode notes and we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Art of Blooming podcast. And we will see you next year. I'm making all of the stupid dot jokes <laughs> 2024. Well, see you then guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.